Hey, good morning, Newwalk. All right. Welcome to the second week now of our Blockbuster series. Thanks for joining us. We've taken a little bit more of an intense turn from Toy Story 4 last week, and, uh, and we've got uh, several other movies like this that we'll be dealing with throughout the series. This movie called The Martian, this event that we just watched, takes place on November the 25th in the year 2035. The crew of the Ares 3, a manned mission to Mars, encounters a very unexpected and heavy dust storm causing them to believe they need to leave, evacuate the planet immediately. There's going to be destruction brought onto their work and facilities there on the planet. And so they begin to evacuate. As you see during the evacuation, Mark Watney, this astronaut that's going to be played, be played by Matt Damon, is struck by debris. It seems he's lost in the storm. His last signal from his spacesuit indicates that there are no signs of life. He is believed to be dead. The storm is worsening, and the crew is rapidly moving to their vehicle to exit the planet. What we'll find in just a little bit as we continue these clips and this journey together this morning is that Watney actually survives. He finds himself stuck on Mars. He's all alone, lost in space, and seemingly no way out. It is interesting that Hollywood seems to be spending millions of dollars trying to rescue Matt Damon in various situations, so something clearly is wrong with him. But anyways, uh, I think as we go through this, just like last week with Toy Story, we're going to see numerous parallels connect us back to really ultimately God's Word that connect us back to what we do as believers. It's going to present to us also through this movie some parallels for somebody who's here this morning who you may not know God in your life. You, you may have no connection with your heavenly Father, and there'll be things in this topic today for you as well. You see, at some point, humanity, somebody, individually, we come to an understanding that we have a creator and that creator has designed us. And because we have a creator who's designed us, that means we have a purpose by which we live. And, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, a verse that's foundational for Christians. Genesis 1, 27, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. In other words, we're made in God's image. We were made by a creator. And so we matter in what we do here at our church every weekend, in whether we're doing movies or not, uh, our goal is to bring people to a place where they see that they have a creator, that we were made to worship him, to live for him. We want people that come to our church to discover this, and we do maybe something like we do in this time with a, with a movie to bring it to life for you. I want to tell you that this is a real easy series for you to invite people. You're here today, you're a believer. This is a great series to be inviting people, to bring people with you, to not come alone. When you think about it, like uh, this is, this is a, a, a work that we're doing to try to connect with people in different ways. And Paul did this, just so you know. And, and Paul said, actually, that on his missionary journeys, as he's spreading the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, he says, I've become all things to all people, 
that by, by all possible means, I might save some. And this is a, another possible means in which our church, through utilizing movies, can, can get the gospel out there. I said before, this is an easy opportunity this summer for you to be inviting people. You, you might invite people to go to a movie with you, and they'll say, yeah, I, I'd like to go to a movie with you. That's an easy invite. Now flip the script and invite somebody to church, and they might say, eh, maybe not so interested. But check it out. We're doing a movie at church. So you've got a pretty good little in here to be connecting and inviting people. And next week is a great invite weekend because next week it's Father's Day weekend and we're celebrating that here at our church. Thank you for the five people clapping. I appreciate that. I will say that uh, we're going to have a lot of cool things happening. First of all, we're going to deal with the movie Top Gun. Like, that's cool already. Yeah, all right. And then uh, we're going to have Donut Bar, Donuts with Dad. And we're going to have Root Beer Floats. And there's this two-liter challenge with Mentos that we're going to be doing as well. So that'll be fun for the dads to be a part of. Man, don't come alone. Bring people with you. Bring your family. Bring neighbors. Got the kids' ministry stuff going on as well. The fun that they're having. This inviting of a friend to hear about a movie. We're taking a page here in this series out of Jesus' playbook. This is right out of his playbook. And Jesus, in his time on earth, those of you who studied the Bible, you know, he used constantly these parables, stories, illustrations to connect you and I to understanding who God is, to help build that bridge. He was using just very simple stories. He talked about things like farming and feasts and birds and again, simple things, utilizing what people were seeing and dealing with in their life and in that time, bringing it to life so that they could understand who God is. And all we're doing throughout this series is taking modern stories of our time, bringing them to life and pointing the way through all of those stories to who God is. And in the movie The Martian, we see, as we look at it further, this guy who's going to be stuck on Mars, seemingly lost, and that's going to be a primary focus of our time together. It was the primary focus of Jesus. So much of what Jesus talked about is dealing with people who were lost. One entire chapter in Luke 15 where it's talking about how, how lost people matter. If maybe you're kicking the tires on the faith of Christianity, you're trying to understand more about what Jesus cared about, read Luke 15. I don't know, the words of Jesus' mouth, this, this focus deeply on lost, it gives you an understanding of the heart of who Jesus is, ultimately the heart of God. Mark Watney is in a place where he's lost. There seems to be no way out. He's hanging on by a thread to survive on this planet. And he's going to be dealt some very tough blows. And maybe this morning, that's you. And you're hanging on by a thread. And it's been one tough blow after another. And this message will speak to you as well. Let's see a little bit further about this separation that's taken place where now Mark Watney is stuck on planet Mars, this 
feeling of being there alone begins to set in. We know that NASA is going to believe that he is definitely dead, and they're going to have a press conference and talk about that, but we'll also see that Mark Watney is also alive, as it's revealed to us as an audience. Let's check out the next clip. I think there's a sobering reality here for him setting in that his days are numbered. That there's not much time left for him. There doesn't seem to be much of a way out. And, you know, that's a reality in some ways for us, for all of us. You're like, we're not stranded on Mars, but our days are numbered. We don't know how much time we have here on this earth. We have 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, two weeks, two days. But there's a time limitation for all of humanity. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. That all of us, uh, humanity, there's a moment where we're going to draw our last breath here, and then it goes on and says, oh, by the way, then the judgment. A physical death and then a judgment over things spiritually as well. That's a big deal for Every one of us would pay attention to understand that, man, there's a lot at stake beyond just the mortal, just the physical. There's a spiritual side. Did you catch the audience, the press, when they announced that Mark Watney was dead? Did you hear the gasp? I think that's our reaction when we hear somebody has tragically died physically. Loss of a life. What about spiritually? Do you gasp at the thought of knowing that somebody that's close to you is separated from God? Because there's a lot more at stake there. That, that's eternity. If I brought to you right now the name of a person in your family, a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, or somebody very close to you that's separated right now from God, if I brought that name to you and said, man, they are headed for an eternity, death, separated from God, would you gasp? Do you even care? We care so much about the physical, the mortal. And that's part of what we understand about the message from, from Jesus is that, man, there are people who are on the wrong path of life, and we ought to care. In Matthew 17 and verse 13 and 14, uh, this is what Jesus says. He says this, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. Its gate is wide for the many who choose that way, but the gateway to life is very narrow. The road is difficult, and only few ever find it. What Jesus is saying is what's happening in the time where he's talking, and still today in 2022, is there's a group of people, a large group, that seem to all be on the same path together. They do whatever culture wants to do. They define truth the way they want to define it. They go their own route. They just live pretty much like what everybody else is doing. But there's another group that goes down a narrow path, and they are the ones who are actually discovering what real life is. He's talking about those who have that connectivity with their heavenly Father. We live in a time today where people are going down that broad path, of course, but what about you and I as believers caring about people who are headed down that wrong road? In Luke 19 and 10, Jesus says, hey, here, here's why I came. The Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost, those who are separated, those who are headed down the wrong path in life, and you and I have a role 
in making sure that people understand that there's a better way of living. There's a better road to live down in life. In Romans 10, 14, it says this, how can people call on him, Jesus, if they've not believed in him? And how can they believe in him if they've not heard the message? And how can they hear if no one tells them the good news? How can they be connected to God if no one tells them? And that takes us to the first principle that I wanted to share with you today. Five principles from this movie we're going to look at here. For believers, caring about people, caring about people who are lost means we've got to take notice of people who are lost. We have to be willing to just see and understand that there's a problem, that there's a situation going on with that person that we, need, we may need to help. It starts with, with seeing it. And knowing that it's a real situation, our movie about Mark Watney is, it's like that. It's like nobody's going to realize that Watney is lost until somebody finally takes notice of the situation. And that's what happens in the next clip. Here it is. Well, now I, I love this scene because this is the moment where everything changes. Now somebody has recognized, see, that there, there's somebody that's lost. When, when that happens, we have... Somebody here sees that somebody is over here and lost. The environment is set for somebody to come now and help to, to try to make a difference. But something does have to happen. So there's got to be an initiation of, of action for that rescue to actually happen. Otherwise, they're still there. They're just they're lost. That leads me to the next principle in your notes. The story of a lost person is not going to end well, folks. It's not going to end well. They're going to spend an eternity away from God. But unless, unless someone intervenes and actively pursues the one who is lost. This is one thing to recognize there's a situation. It's another thing to actually do something. And that's... That's what's going to happen for Mark Watney. Somebody is going to finally intervene in the situation. I want to, though, say that, you know, for us, as we, we go down this journey, I, I'm going to shift our, our talk a little bit more to the person who is lost and the person who is hurting. This is a focus of, as I mentioned before, everything that Jesus wanted to remind us of, uh, his heart for people who are lost and our understanding of our role in that. I mentioned the three great parables earlier out of Luke 15 where I mean, there's, this, there's this one sheep that's wandered off. There was 100, and one sheep has wandered off, and now there's 99. And the shepherd, what, whatever it takes to go find that one, there's a lost coin. This, this woman, she has 10 coins and she's lost one. And now she has nine and there's this lost one. She's willing to turn the house upside down to find the one lost coin. And then there's the lost son who's wandered and squandered off with his inheritance in low-level living. The father's wanting, yearning for the son to come home. He's there. He's waiting to receive the child, the, the son, to finally come back to the arms of the father. This richness of these three parables about those who are lost and the care and the love for people who are lost. And I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit more. But let's catch up a little bit now on how our guy Mark Watney is living 
as he's alone on Mars trying to survive. Here's the next clip. In this clip, we're seeing, I think, the emotions of a guy who's, who, who's alone. We have in one set of scenes that we have this, this crop he's growing and some of the things there, and then, then this other scene where he's battling this difficult moment trying to survive, but he's alone. And I think that there are people here in our audience, uh, this is your reality. You're, you're going through life and different day-to-day -day things that you're going through, and, and you're there, and maybe there's even people around, but you feel, you feel empty. You feel, you feel alone. And I think so many of these parables that we get from Jesus, and especially in Luke 15, is to remind all of humanity that no one has to feel alone. There's possibly somebody here, and you had a dream about hope, and just the hope for hope is gone. The, the sense that maybe something very valuable to you in your life is, is gone. Maybe there's a dream that you once had, and it feels like it's gone. Maybe there's a, a career or relationship that's gone. Maybe there's been some recent physical issue that's made you feel like you've had such a great loss and you're, you're going through something very, very difficult and, and you've been feeling as though you're alone on that journey and God gave his son Jesus Christ so that none of us would have to be alone. We know this world is going to be difficult and yet we have opportunity to, to journey with God and have him by our side as we go through some of those valleys. You know there's a famous scripture that's often read at funerals, the 23rd Psalm. You probably heard it. And it's appropriate, I think, at funerals because in many cases, people at funerals are going through very dark times in their life. It's possible. And so we read the 23rd Psalm to remind people, for God reminding us that, hey, it may be dark right now in your life, but you don't have to be, you don't have to be alone. In fact, one of the verses from the 23rd Psalm is, it's even though I walk through the darkest valley, you are with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. God, you're, you're with me. And the, and the implication here, again, is that you will, absolutely. You can be a God follower, a lover, in relationship with Jesus Christ, and you will have dark times. But for those who are connected with God, God is with you through it. We are going through maybe, you are going through something dark, and there is a loss of hope, but you don't have to lose hope. You can know that God is going to lead you into greener pastures and guide you through this. And that leads me to the next part of your notes. God is not far off. The reminder for us is he is pursuing you in order to be right there with you, both in mountaintop experiences and in the darkest valleys right there with you. Have you discovered that you have a God that could be right there with you in this broken world that we live in? Maybe for some of you, you're going to decide to take a step in just a little bit. I'll offer you that opportunity to take that, that step to just say, you know what, I, I have been alone. I don't want to be that way any longer. Psalm 34 and verse 8, famous challenge here from God is taste and see. Step out. Taste and see that the Lord is good. To know that he's real. 
take the faith step and you will find that he's real. James 4, 8, the promise of God, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Maybe that's the challenge for somebody here today in this low place that you're, that you're feeling. Now that's going to take us to the next part of our, our movie. Matt Damon's been pretty alone, but a plan is going to be put into place to begin to figure out how we can rescue this guy, and that's where we are in the next clip of our movie. Here it is. I love this part because there's a group of people that have decided, man, if this thing's going to happen, we're going to have to risk everything. They are coming to the conclusion that they are going to risk their life for this guy. And that's important to remember because if any of us is going to build that bridge and do something to connect to somebody else who needs to know Jesus, we're going to have to risk things as well. And I put this in your notes, when someone is lost, it takes a radical step where someone is willing to risk everything in order to see them rescued. It's going to take a, a radical step. Your involvement, you're going to have to be laser focused. You're going to have to sacrifice some things in order to probably help somebody or reach somebody. And folks, that's exactly what Jesus modeled for you and I. In fact, talking about risking it all, God gave his one and only son to build that bridge to humanity. He gave everything. The Bible says in 1 John, 1 John 3, 16, it says this, that we know that what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters we have this, this risk-taking that was offered for all of humanity. It's been modeled, and now so we take the steps that we need to get out of our comfort zones, the steps that we need to take to do that. And that's not easy. But that is the call of the, of the believer, Mark 10, 45. It says this, that for even the Son of Man, Jesus, he, he came not to be served but to serve others. And to give his life as a ransom for many, he, he did that. and it's a, it's a big risk. I love the former Bucks coach who retired in the offseason. His little statement, he said, no risk it, no biscuit. It, this risking, and it's what we, knowing what Jesus did for us as believers, it's why we get so excited about things like Christmas and the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, and things like Easter, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's why we come here every weekend. We're celebrating what Jesus has done for us, this life of Jesus, which, by the way, is not disputed by... The life of Jesus is not disputed by any serious-minded historian and scholars any longer. It's just not. Every world religion understands and recognizes that Jesus existed. So this understanding of this man, what Jesus did in laying down his life for humanity, we, we understand that, we celebrate that every weekend, and what he did for me personally is why I come in here every weekend and worship him, and he risked it for me and for you. 
It's why we do so much work in our kids' ministry. Every time we can, this whole summer, we're, we're risking it to reach more kids in our community, more families. We, our student nights are so incredible, the work that Pastor Rusty and the team does here on, on Wednesday nights to do everything they can do to risk it to reach students. They're sending a group of kids to camp. Matter, matter of fact, uh, Pastor Rusty was talking to me about Camp Anderson this week, and he said, hey, Pastor Gary, we got like a dozen kids that still want to go to camp. We got the slots for them, but we don't have the money. Talk to the congregation about being willing to risk it financially and put some money up to help a few more kids go that are trying to go. We, we really do have more kids trying to go, but they, they can't pay the cost. You can go to the connect table on the way out down the hallway on the left-hand side, tell them you're interested in helping out with camp and putting some dollars on the line to help reach another kid. This is a part of, of what we do time after time as Christians. We activate a plan in which somebody would be rescued. And that's what happens now in this final rescue scene where the plan is put in place and activated. Here it is. Uh, celebration. Somebody is physically, physically brought back home. Like I could imagine you could probably imagine the celebration that would take place, not in just Houston Mission Control, but all over the world for just one person who's been physically brought back home like that. But there's something even bigger that happens when somebody spiritually comes home. In fact, that's the last principle in your notes if you want to write this down, because God went to incredible lengths and extreme expense to rescue one lost person Heaven celebrates even when even just one lost person is rescued. In fact, right in the middle of all those incredible parables about caring deeply about people who are lost, right out of Jesus' mouth in Luke chapter 15 and verse 10, he says this. He gives us a glimpse into how the heavenlies care when one person is rescued and comes home. He says, in the same way, Jesus said, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels God over one sinner who repents. Folks, every weekend in the history of our church for 16 years, at least one person has come home to the Father. That means that the heavenly realms have celebrated every weekend because of the work at New Walk Church. I love knowing that about our church. And, and, and there was a high risk and a high price paid so that we could be rescued. I was joking earlier about how much money it seems Hollywood is spending to bring Matt Damon home constantly. But God spent way more than any money Hollywood could ever spend to get you home. Uh, God spent a lot, the gift of his one and only son, Jesus Christ, so that your friends could come home, your family, your neighbors, people you love, co-workers, so that I could come home, so that you could come home. And so, for somebody here who's ready to come home, I'll offer you a chance to make that connection this morning. Let's pray. First, God, we give thanks to the reminders to the believers and the work that we have in caring for people who are separated, people who are far from God. But right now in our audience, it's a large group here this morning, there's at least one person, probably more, probably many more, who are in that 
place of disconnect. They're in a low place. They're maybe just sensing the fact that there's a bit of loneliness or hopelessness. They don't have that relationship with you, God. God, would you just remind them right now where they're seated that they don't, they don't have to walk alone through this. They don't have to live life alone. They don't have to step into eternity separated from you either. They can today be connected in an instant in a relationship with God. The Bible says people who are forgiven by God are the ones who connect to God. And you can have a chance today, sir, ma'am, to, to say, God, I am ready for you to forgive me of my sin, my past, to cleanse me, and I believe that Jesus Christ came as that gift. It was required by God, a pure blood sacrifice for humanity. Jesus was that. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. Paint the portrait of that narrow path that there was real life to be found and eternal life as well. And God, I don't understand it all, but I accept that free gift today of Jesus Christ. And I begin that journey with you, God, today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.